0: I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome back to The Faith Connection, where we're teaching on the subject of believe only. If we'll only believe, we shall see the glory of God. Now, we were over in Matthew's gospel, chapter 9, and we were talking about down in verse 27, that Jesus passed two blind men. And they began to cry out, saying, have mercy on us, son of David. Listen, these blind men recognized that he was the son of David or the Messiah and most of the people rejected him but they had enough sense to know he was a Messiah but he just walks right on by and goes to the house and they follow him. Now how does two blind men get to Jesus? they had to had some help hey point us in the right direction but they would not give up they would not quit and they got to the place that Jesus was. And he said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Well, that's where the wet meets the water or the rubber meets the road. That's when we get to find out if somebody's going to believe or not. Because in most cases, people are, who have an illness or a disease, they're wanting you to put it on them somehow. They're wanting you to bear the full responsibility uh, for their healing. It doesn't work that way. Even though, <clears throat> and concerning salvation, even though Jesus paid the ultimate price, so that everyone could be saved, we've got to choose him. We've got to access the promised provision of salvation and healing is no different. He just said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Well, they've got a part to play. Their job is to believe. And I love the response. They simply said, yes, Lord, we believe that you're able to do this. So Jesus, he touched their eyes saying, be it done unto you according to your faith. He didn't say it was his faith. He could have said, well, you know, out of my sovereignty and, and the great faith that I have, I'm going to touch your eyes and, and you're going to be healed. Your eyes are going to be seen. No, 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 that's not the way it happened. Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They responded in the affirmative. He touched their eyes And he said, be it unto you according to your faith. Now, what if they didn't have any faith? Well, it wouldn't be done, would it? He said, be it done to you according to your faith. And their eyes were open. Wow. Those two blind men had faith. You could see their faith by their action. Before they ever got to the house, James teaches us that faith without corresponding action is dead being by itself. You know, when Jesus passed them by on the road and they cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us, and he kept walking, they could have got offended like so many people do today. Well, you know, who does he think he is? He wouldn't even stop and pray for us. He wouldn't do anything for us. Doesn't he know that we're blind And we can't follow him. He just passed us by. Well, it must not be God's will for us to be healed. Listen, they could have had all kinds of conversations of doubt and unbelief, but they didn't do it. they they like, you know, we've got to get to Jesus. And so they started off. And like I said, no doubt they had help from others saying, point us in the right direction. Which way did he go? And so their action, their corresponding action by walking and getting to the house of Jesus shows that these two blind men had faith. They could have said, well, you know, it probably wouldn't work anyway. No, no, no. They didn't believe that. They believed it would work. And Jesus said, it's going, he said, be it done. But basically what he's saying, it's going to be done according to your faith. Had they not shown up at the house of Jesus with faith, they would have left as blind as they had ever been. But they didn't. The Bible said, and their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See here, let no one know about this. <clears throat> but when they went out and spread the news about him in all the land, and all that land, and as they were going out, behold, a dumb man demon-possessed, was brought to him. And after the demon was cast out, the dumb man spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, Nothing like this was ever seen in Israel. But the Pharisees were saying, He cast out demons by the ruler of demons. And Jesus was going about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, well, why was he doing so much teaching? Because there was so much ignorance. Listen, the enemy, if, if he were putting diseases on people and then he were relieving them of those symptoms, he would be working against his own kingdom. It's kind of like, you know, people said concerning the miracles and healings of Jesus, that God had put this, the sickness and disease on them and Jesus was healing them. Well, if that were the case, Jesus would be working against the will of his father. He'd be working against his own kingdom. No, listen, the Pharisees are always wrong. The religious leaders are always wrong. They said, well, he's casting out demons because of Beelzebub, the Lord of demons. He's given him this ability. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus went about doing good, or Acts 10:38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the holy ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all <clears throat> excuse me that were oppressed of the devil it didn't say that <clears throat> they they were oppressed of god they were oppressed of the devil and jesus was merely going about and doing good <clears throat> thank god he was but let's continue reading here proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing Every kind, I love this, every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Jesus was going about healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. And guess what? He's still going about doing good and healing all through the body of Christ. And thank God for it. Well, what's he doing? He's healing every kind of sickness every kind of disease. Now, the Greek word for sickness here is uh, as aztenia, and it means a minor condition. You know, things that they're not going to kill you, you're not going to die from them, they're sicknesses, and you can get over them. But he was healing them. But he was also healing those with diseases, the Greek word gnosis, meaning terminal conditions. So Jesus was going about proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing every kind of infirmity, things that won't kill you, minor conditions, all the way up to the major conditions, the diseases. Oh, glory to God. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into the fields. And that's where we're at today. Listen, we've got to be focused on ministering to people, setting captives free. There is a harvest ready to be reaped out here in the world today. And you may be part of that harvest. We definitely want to reap you in today as well. Now I want you to go with me if you would in your Bibles. We're going to go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 8 and verse 4. Always follow me along with your Bible. You need to make sure it's saying what I'm saying it's saying. And I promise you it is, but you need to make sure. Always have your Bible with you. Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. And when a great multitude were coming together, and those from the various cities were journeying with him or to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Well, that's the thing about sowing. You wouldn't want to go out here by a highway somewhere, you know, and sow right beside the road. That's where all the Ninevites that don't stay on the road, they're driving off the side of it, and it's hard as a, as a brick, and if you put seed on it, it's not going to work. The birds are going to get it. And other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And, and, and that's true, too. I mean, you can get over here in some rocky soil, and, and you're going you're to begin to see a little benefit, but the problem of it is it's not enough moisture. It's not going to continue growing. And as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as much. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable might be. Well, begin with this parable. Uh, the word parable means a parallel. It means something that runs alongside of the other. In this case, it would be the spiritual and the natural. So a parable is a parallel, and that means if you can understand in the natural, you can understand what's going on in the spiritual. If you can understand how sowing works in the natural, you can understand how seed sowing works in the realm of the spirit. And it is in the realm of the spirit that we receive all the exceeding great and precious promises that God has made available to us. But Jesus is going to make a comparison between the soils and the heart of man. So in the natural, we understand that the condition of of the soil is essential for sowing and will determine whether we have a harvest or we don't. And if we do have a harvest, to what extent will we have that harvest? Is it going to be 30, 60, 100-fold? Is it going to be a good harvest? Is it going to be a bad harvest? And if we understand seed sowing in that natural, we'll understand how it works in the spiritual. So if we can get success in the natural, we can have success in the spiritual, and we can learn how to receive everything that God promised in the book. So that's why parables are are so necessary. And Jesus said, this is the greatest parable. If you understand this parable, you'll understand the rest of them. If you don't get this parable, you won't understand any parable. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable might be. And he said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? He's talking to disciples. And aren't you glad we can be his disciples today? John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free or the truth that you know will set you free. So how do we become a disciple of Jesus? We're simply someone who has received Jesus as their savior. And we just simply continue in the word. And we never quit. We never give up. We're continuing in the Word of God. And that will make you a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest in parables, in order that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now, let's begin with the seed sown along the roadside. There's so many people like that when they pray. I mean, this is prayer. This is sowing seed. This is speaking the word. Faith works by saying in Mark eleven twenty three, and faith works by saying Mark eleven twenty four. 24. So it'll work either way. But some people, when they they go to speak, I mean, they may as well cast their seed out here by the roadside. It's, It's not going to produce anything whatsoever. Nothing. The fowls of the air, the enemy's going to get it. Circumstances of life are going to get it. It's not going to produce anything. See, there's a specific way that we have to sow the word. The word is sown into the heart. When we speak the word, what saith that the word is nigh thee? It's in your mouth and in your heart. So the spoken word that comes out of our mouth goes into the soil or into the heart of our spirit. And our spirit, man, is a miracle birthing center where that seed will be planted. It will germinate and sprout if the conditions of the heart are correct and, and they're right. You can't have a hard heart and try to sow the seed of God's Word. The seed is the Word of God. He's not not giving a lesson on farming here. He's not giving a lesson on, on sowing the back 40. He's giving a lesson on how to speak the Word of God out of the right conditions of the heart and produce or manifest that which God has promised in His Word. But what he's doing is he's, he's leaning on their understanding of how seed sowing works in the natural. Every farmer understands that the condition of the soil is paramount to the harvest. So we've got to make sure that our hearts are right. We, we've got to make sure that we're not wasting the seed. We've got to take the seed of the word of God and it's got to be sown into good ground or good hearts where it can bring forth a harvest hallelujah and that's what we that's how we want to do it because we're teaching on believing only all things are possible to them that believe the reciprocal to that is nothing is possible is possible to them that don't believe and there's so many in the body of Christ not getting their prayers answered not entering into the promised provision of God, simply because they're praying amiss. James teaches that teaches that we ought not to pray amiss, but have an effective prayer. The fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And again, the the recipient to that is a reciprocal to that is the ineffective prayer of a righteous man availeth absolutely nothing. And we certainly don't want to fall into that category. And before our time runs out here on the Faith Connection, we'll pause with the teaching. But I want to minister to some of you that are dealing with sicknesses and diseases. You have minor conditions. You may have major conditions. But I want to speak the word. Here we're going to sow the seed of God's word. I'm going to speak it in your life. And if you'll believe to receive it, something is going to happen to you. So right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I speak forth your miracle healing power into the lives of those that are watching the Faith Connection where they may have minor to major conditions and it makes no difference what those conditions are, but I speak that your miracle healing power right now flows into their bodies from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet and drives out all infirmity in the strong name of Jesus. And I thank you that that miracle healing power will not stop until they are completely made whole. Father, some will receive instantaneously. They'll, they'll receive a miracle. Others, it'll begin a recovery a speedily recovery that will take place in their physical body, and it will not stop until they are completely, 100% made whole, and I thank you for it, Father, and I give you praise in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, what we'd like for you to do is you can, information is coming on the screen, and you can go to our website. We want you to email us. Let us know that God did something very wonderful with your health. Those of you that receive miracles, let us know. He, you know, we just recently had a testimony of a lady. God opened her eyes. She had all these clots in her blood vessels and arteries, and they all dissolved, even an emotional healing. God can do wondrous things. So we want you to write us. Let us know. And also remember, if you're anywhere near Hickory, North Carolina, A Church Alive is worth the drive. We want to invite you to His Image Ministries here in Hickory, North Carolina, where we've got teaching and ministry to your entire family. And it will certainly, absolutely be a blessing in your life. We're going to teach you how to live by faith, walk by faith, and not by sight. Well, I see your time has slipped away from us once again. Remember, like always... We're here to help you make your faith connection today.